Games rated E to M. Welcome to Nintendo Power Podcast. This episode, in honor of the final Super Smash Bros. Ultimate DLC, we discuss our favorite characters, reveal trailers, and more. Plus, we pick fun games for Halloween. My name is Chris, and this episode I'm joined by Bill from Nintendo Treehouse. Hi, Bill. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Great. And Michael from the social media team at Nintendo of America. Hi, Michael. Hey, howdy. Thanks for joining me, you guys. And, you know, we just got the final new character that will ever be added to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with Sora from Kingdom Hearts. And so I thought now would be a great time to look back at the game's first three years, uh, you know, which were packed with a lot of exciting additions and a lot of fun. And I know you both go way back with this series and have played a ton of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. So I want to ask you guys about your favorite characters, reveal trailers, and more. So you ready to kick things off? Sounds great. Let's go. Awesome. Great. All right. So let's start with your favorite Fighters Pass character and your favorite character overall. Um, Bill, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, you know, obviously, there's two Fighter Passes, lots of lots of potential characters to choose from there. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of, um, obviously, all the characters that are in there. But I'm also I tend to be a fan of of characters that really tend to change things up a bit or be a bit more on the unique side in terms of how they fight and how they play, um, just because I feel that it um, those types of characters both challenge the player, but they also challenge the people you're playing against to try to figure out how to adapt. And um, so from that perspective, you know, maybe you think I'm going to say Steve, and I think Steve is a great addition and obviously uh, checks all the boxes in that category. But um, I also am a big fan of ARMS. Um, so I think for me, my my favorite fighter pass character is going to be Min Min, because um, I was just really glad to see her and the ARMS representation in the game. Interesting choice. That was great. And that is definitely a character that's going to keep people off guard with that reach for sure. That's right. All right. So um, so that was favorite fighters pass. What about favorite overall character? Um, so that may, this may surprise people. You know, I play a lot of Yoshi and a lot of Zelda and some Rosalina and a few other characters. Um, but uh, I... You know, partially also because I, I like characters that play a bit um, out of the ordinary, and uh, but mainly because I am a big fan of what I like to describe as somewhat trolly characters. Um, <laughs> I would say my overall favorite character is Duck Hunt. Um, I just love nice. the 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 way that that eight bit character was brought to life in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, the animations, especially the taunts, um, some of the uh, kind of goofy moves that Duck Hunt does, and uh, on top of all of that, the uh, just the the really interesting ways that you can use that character to uh, have fun and frustrate other players. I wish I was a better Duck Hunt player than I am, but I I really really love playing Duck Hunt. Got to change my pick now, Bill. <laughs> Uh-oh, Michael. Well, let's get right to it. What are your picks? Uh, I guess for me, for the Fighter's Pass character, I mean, I come from sort of playing a lot of fighting games growing up and, you know, more sort of uh, ones like Street Fighter and that type of thing. But uh, I did really like Terry's inclusion from King of Fighters in there. I just thought he was so well realized in terms of how the character plays just like he does in the other ones. And the look of him in the game is so funny. He's just such kind of a 90s guy in my head. So it's fun seeing him sort of pop up and smash. And that whole wall break thing on the level two, I thought was really neat. That was a pretty fun addition to it. So... 
that's uh, my fighter's pass one. I think my favorite overall, like let's say, like Bill said, um, <laughs> you know, Duck Hunt is just such a fun character. But I think I did get a lot of mileage out of Zelda. I really enjoyed playing her. She just had so many kind of weird kind of keep away moves where you're just always kind of like pressing the opponent away from you. And again, I think there's a lot of fun to be had in annoying the other player. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd go with Zelda for that one. Well, see, now I feel like we need to we need to play because um, I've, I've been playing <laughs> Zelda since. Um, Super Smash Brothers Melee on GameCube, um, and specifically Shel- Zelda in that game, not Sheik. Uh, Sheik, I would only transform into as sort of a last resort, but uh, I always always tried to play Zelda as much as I could in that game. Nice. <laughs> well, those are all awesome picks, and I definitely, um, I mean, Duck Hunt's pure nostalgic childhood for me, so uh, I love that pick. I think for Fighters Pass, I'm going to go with Banjo and Kazooie, um, just because they really go back to that kind of magical Nintendo 64 time where we just had Super Mario 64 and then, uh, you know, Banjo and Kazooie came out and really kind of built on on what that that first game started. And and uh, and I really tend to, I love all of the characters in Super Smash Brothers and and I'm about to contradict myself here, but first I'll just say that I, I tend to steer more towards the, the mascot characters. I, I mean, I love Mario fighting Pac-Man, fighting Sonic, and then you throw, you know, Banjo and Kazooie into the mix and it just felt so right to have them in the game. Uh, now the contradiction is, is that my favorite character is Link, which I don't think you'd call <laughs> a mascotty character. But for whatever reason, that's just the character I've kept coming back to throughout the series, and especially this iteration from uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild with the remote detonated bombs and all the other cool little changes that they made. Uh, it's just made this character a lot of fun for me, and I, I probably rely on Link's uh, uh, up and side smash attacks way too much, but um, it kind of works for me. So uh, if, if there's a, a spirit card that's like uh, only available for, you know, a few minutes and I really need to make sure I get it, that links the one that I'm, I'm taking into battle. So, um, but uh, man, so many great choices. All of these are tough to, to choose from. So speaking of which, now we're going to move on to favorite character reveal trailer. And uh, this one was a really tough one to, to choose for me, maybe the hardest. Um, Bill, which reveal trailer do you think was, uh, was your favorite? Uh, yeah, you know, from in terms of looking at all those reveal, it's it's tough for me because um, certainly uh, had a bit of an involvement in terms of working on some of those and um, you know involvement and in, you know things like uh, the Joker reveal. Um, that one in particular, I thought was just a really unique approach because unlike a lot of the others, it used a different art style for the reveal. And I think that threw people off to begin with. Um, but also when we we first did that reveal, it was at the Game Awards. Um, and we worked with the Game Awards on sort of a, uh, there was an effect that happened in-house where it seemed like the power had gone out um, to kind of, uh, you know, as if Joker had snuck into the building and and cut the power in the building itself, and there were some audible gasps when that happened. <laughs> uh, and then the and then the reveal video ran, and and I thought it just made for both a special moment, but also because of the the difference in art style. When people finally realized what the that video was for, I think the the surprise was just that much bigger. Definitely, that was a lot of fun, and and it it was so unexpected. It really set the the, the tone. For the reveals that would come to the point where I felt like no matter what I was watching or where I was, there was always part of my brain that was like, am I about to see a new Super Smash Bros. character? Because they can show up pretty much anywhere. All right, so Michael, what about you? What's your favorite character reveal? 
Again, I'll probably go back to, you know, I grew up with a lot of fighting games. So I really did like uh, the Kazuya trailer was very cool mm. to me. It was just so funny um, to see that character sort of just get to beat up everyone and throw them off a cliff was yeah. I still think that's really funny. And, you know, a little moment where Kirby floats back up away. It was just a great introduction to a character that, you know, I think it's also really mechanically super cool, too. Right. Like I remember working on the launch for that and just seeing the amount of moves that they've managed to translate into Super Smash Brothers ultimate from Tekken, which is pretty wild to think about given that just how many moves there are in Tekken to bring over and they managed to pull it off. So pretty impressive. Yeah. And Kazuya as a character too, is one of those that uh, I wasn't as familiar with. I'd played Tekken games in the past, but, but not as familiar with as say like Banjo and Kazooie, but um, I really enjoy playing as him, especially just kind of uh, those long combos that he's got that are relatively easy to pull off are a lot of fun. So uh, for me, I think character reveal if you ask me tomorrow, it's going to be a different one. But for right now, I got to go with uh, the reveal of Simon and Richter because um, I'm such a fan of old school Castlevania games. And um, and that trailer not only kind of really brought to life kind of my, my best memories of playing those games on NES, but unexpectedly, Luigi kind of stole the show because everything that he did and how he reacted to being in, in a much scarier uh, castle than a Luigi's Mansion uh, was just so funny. So um, that's one I rewatched a lot. All right, now moving on to favorite Fighters Pass stage and favorite stage overall. Bill, where do you like to throw down in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Well, maybe it's a little bit less of where I like to throw down, but from uh, at least on the Fighters Pass side. Um, but I am going to maybe uh, steal uh, a little bit from from you, Chris, because I was just so excited to see the Banjo Kazooie stage brought to life um, in in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I thought it was just, um, you know, obviously the characters are great, and, and speaking of reveals, the sort of combination of the King K. Rule reveal and the the Banjo Kazooie reveal and the way those two played off of each other, I thought was really, really funny. But um, but seeing that stage come to life, I thought just really brought back a lot of memories. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. And, and then, what about favorite stage overall? Yeah. Overall is, um, it, this may surprise some people, but actually my favorite stage overall is the balloon fight stage. Um, <laughs> and that's uh, that's because I absolutely love the the b balloon trip music. It's one of my favorite Nintendo songs ever, and is um, really really great um, remix version in in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, but also because I have a very special fondness for the fish on the balloon fish the balloon <laughs> the balloon fight stage. <laughs> I don't know that I have any great love for the fish. He's never shown me a lot of uh, affection, but uh, I do love the retro feel of that stage for sure. And the music is great. Yeah. Michael, how about you? Favorite uh, Fighters Pass stage and favorite stage overall? Yeah, for Fighters Pass, uh, I think I really enjoyed the Sephiroth stage. I think it's one of those things when you're playing the game, you might not pay attention, but when you actually stop to look at everything that's going on in the background, it's just such a fun little way to sort of get your memory jogged and all these great memories you have. For sure. Is that also your favorite stage overall or is that a different pick? I mean, favorite stage, yeah, I'm pretty boring. I'd probably say Final Destination. So, you know, that's <laughs> not exactly the world's most <laughs> radical pick. So. Well, not not super unexpected, but, uh, you know, you, you kind of can't uh, fault you for liking a classic as well. Uh, for me, I'm actually going to pick from my favorite Fighters Pass stage, a stage that you mentioned earlier, which is the King of Fighters Stadium. 
uh, for the the reason that you mentioned. I love those barriers on the sides. It, it is uh, at first glance, it's such a kind of basic, kind of flat stage, which which kind of benefits uh, kind of a more classic two D fighting action. But uh, but then the fact that you have to kind of wear your opponent down before you can actually knock them off the side uh, adds this new twist that I just really enjoy. So I've had a lot of had a lot of, a lot of fun with that stage. Yeah, it's almost like a new gameplay mode just built into the stage slightly. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it really does uh, twist things up. And then my favorite stage overall, again, I'm going to come back to this multiple times probably, being such a big Castlevania fan, I love Dracula's Castle, uh, which of course is Simon and Richter's stage. And not just for the little cameos and for the great kind of creepy Castlevania atmosphere, but I love the layout. Um, you know, on the left side, you've got kind of more of an open area for for direct fighting, but then I love those little stairs, that stairway on the um, right side of the screen, which kind of leads off into nothing. So, you know, if you can get, you know, if I'm playing a Simon and I can get my opponent kind of stuck near the bottom of those stairs and I can kind of arc some axes down his way, uh, that's a great uh, <laughs> position to be in. All right, so moving on to favorite me costume. Bill, which one's your favorite? Uh, well, what I what I love about Super Smash Brothers, the series as a whole, and especially Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, is just what a true compendium of sort of video game history it is. And as we look at the the Mii Fighter costumes, the Mii costumes, I was really happy to see representation from you know some indie games pop up in in there, and so you know. Undertale, um, you know, Shantae, things like that being making it into Smash Brothers as as me costumes, I thought was just really special. I have to add though, the other the other one, just because I loved this section of this game so much, um, I also really love the Yiga clan mask. <laughs> oh yeah. Love that part of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say, Bill, that those are my two picks as well. I mean, my top pick is is Sans from Undertale, but I was also gonna mention Shantae. I love to see that kind of um, representation from uh, more indie indie developers uh, in the game. Michael, uh, which me costume is your favorite? I mean, I got to go with one of the more recent ones. the The Doom Slayer costume is just really so cool. Like the way that they realized it looks amazing, and just the fact that that character is involved at all is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's great to see that look going up against like a you know Kirby or something. <laughs> all right, so we're down to our final two categories here. Uh, Bill, the next one is favorite Final Smash. Got a lot of good choices here. Well, this is actually as easy as could be for me. Um, I am a Yoshi main, and I love nothing more than seeing a herd of hundreds of colorful, <laughs> smiling Yoshi trampling my opponents um, before shooting them off stage. So I absolutely have to say that Yoshi's is my favorite Final Smash. It's a surprisingly brutal way to go from such <laughs> cute creatures. Yeah, and yet happy and, and cute. Yeah, colorful. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, how about you? I did like Ridley's final smash, just the way that he you know, slams the character against Samus's dropship and just explodes the whole thing. It's it's pretty dramatic and it's again kind of brutal for what you would expect for a smash, but or a final smash. But yeah, that one is always fun to me. Yeah, anytime an opponent gets thrown into space and blasted, you know, that's pretty epic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually gonna mention that one as well, but my favorite final smash, I think, is probably still Mega Man. And of course, this yeah. was this got a lot of attention when Mega Man first joined the roster in Super Smash Brothers uh, Wii U. Um, but I like how they added even more characters from the Mega Man canon into the Final Smash for uh, this new version of the game. 
And it's just, you know, seeing them all together, it's one of those kind of dream moments that that you love from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, you know, seeing um, all this representation from your favorite franchises, from various games, finding more ways to get in even more cameos. And I thought uh, that's just a great moment. That's, no matter how many times I see it, it's still fun. All right, so the fa uh, last category is favorite assist trophy. Bill, which one is your favorite? And sometimes maybe they're, they're least favorite in a way because when they're coming after you, it, it can be quite a pain. But, but it's still a great opportunity to see even more characters pop up in the game. Uh, for me, easily, you know, I, um, the moon from Majora's Mask. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, you know, the way that they've, t they took the, what was the core theme of that game, the moon kind of coming down onto the planet and, uh, and brought that out in, in a really great assist trophy. And that the foreboding face of that moon, I think is, uh, is really, really awesome. I've always been a big fan of that game. Yeah, that moon is a strangely compelling character uh, <laughs> unto itself for sure. Michael, what about you? Your favorite assist trophy? Favorite assist trophy? Well, I'm kind of curiously um, a bit of a Dylan fan from uh, Dylan's uh, Dead Heat Breakers and those type of games. So I always kind of find it funny when he pops up and, you know, with this cool cowboy armadillo look and just annoys your opponent for quite a while. It's I just enjoy seeing him in the game because he feels like kind of a, you know, odd choice. But I'm glad he made it in. Yeah, cool. I mean, mine is definitely Shovel Knight. Um, and kind of like we talked about with, you know, seeing uh, um, Sans and uh, Shantae appear as me costumes, uh, I was really surprised to see Shovel Knight in there as kind of, a, again, more of an indie character. But he's a character that a lot of people really love. I love the series so much. Um, I've played uh, the main game and all of the, the um, subsequent uh, uh, campaigns many times over. And um, whenever he pops out and starts kind of pogoing with his shovel on people's heads i get a good laugh out of it and sometimes he leaves behind he'll dig up some you know uh, some some useful items as well so um that's that's probably my favorite but there's so many good ones all right so now to continue uh, our discussion about this game we're going to move on to players pulse and a few days ago we asked nintendo fans on twitter to share their favorite moments and memories from super smash brothers ultimate so far and i'm going to share just a few of them here um, first up, we have uh, a comment from Drift who said, The moment my ballot pick got in was pretty incredible. I grew up playing Fatal Fury and King of Fighters and never would have dreamed of seeing Terry Bogard amongst the Super Smash Bros. cast. The fact that some of my muscle memory from Fatal Fury still worked for his combos was phenomenal. And we've talked about Terry and his stage. Uh, you know, I loved, again, loved it, loved his reveal. Um, anything uh, else you guys want to say about uh, about? Terry being added to this to the to the roster I mean just a surprising pick I think you know he's sort of the face of Fatal Fury and the King of Fighters sort of SNK stuff um and yeah just sort of glad he made it in and I'm you know stoked with the I forgot the user's name sorry uh, <laughs> but I'm uh, happy they uh, got what they wanted to see there yeah and it's pretty crazy when you think about how many classic fighting games are now represented in Super Smash Bros Ultimate you know even uh, if you if you include assist trophies and everything, you've got everything from Tekken to King of Fighters to Street Fighter to Virtua Fighter. Um, just so many great dream matchups that fighting game fans you know can can realize with this game. All right, next up was Adam, who said my favorite moment of all the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate reveals was the Banjo Kazooie reveal from E3 2019. I was at Nintendo New York screaming at the top of my lungs together with all the <laughs> other fans there. I'll never forget that moment of pure joy and excitement. 
I, I never get tired of watching uh, people at Nintendo New York react to um, Super Smash Brothers reveal trailers. <laughs> well, yeah, and that one was was particularly uh, part- particularly excited for good reason. Um, maybe maybe I remember seeing uh, Andrew in the crowd there, <laughs> or at least hearing him for sure. <laughs> All right, next up is Spooky Jacob, who says, for me, it's got to be the Everyone is Here trailer. Seeing all of the characters one by one and eventually getting to Snake was super hype. Seeing it live with my friends will be a moment I'll always remember. And I agree, that was pretty amazing. And the moment you get to Snake and the Everyone is Here message appears and you start to realize what they're saying. And as the trailer goes on, you see more and more characters that hadn't been around uh, recently in, in the series come back. Um, certainly Ice Climbers, Wolf, um, some of the other versions of Link. Um, that was a pretty great moment. It was, you know, and I think it it speaks absolutely just to what a, you know, monumental undertaking a Super Smash Brothers game is, both in terms of, um, you know, identifying the characters, getting all those characters in there. But, you know, if you look the the degree to which Mr. Sakurai just goes so deep into the core essence of each individual character and finds the way to bring that to life on screen in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, but in a way that works so effectively with all these other characters from all these other IP, um, it's, it's just astounding. Yeah, absolutely. And that ultimately is the, the hard-earned magic of, of the series. Um, Next up is Arcoria30, who said, My favorite moment was unlocking everyone in World of Light. It's a great game with a lot of fun and exciting battles. And I love this comment because we haven't talked about this mode yet, but especially when I first got the game, I spent so much time playing the the adventure mode World of Light um, and have so many great memories. And and again, to your point, Bill, that is another opportunity um, through the different environments that you go through, the different kind of spirit battles you have uh, to really celebrate so many different video game franchises. Well, yeah, and I, you know, people. It's it's kind of interesting because people talk about Super Smash Brothers, and they're like, "Yeah, it's a fighting game." Uh, but if you look at World of Light and you look at the scope of that single player mode, the amount of content, um, the maps that are in there, there is an a. Astounding amount of obvious effort that's gone into it, but just a, an astounding amount of gameplay in there as well. And and sure, it's based off of the core Super Smash Brothers Ultimate um, play experience, but they've done a, a real, real good job of finding ways to leverage the spirits and themes and things of that nature, and and cute ways to kind of have sort of comedic twists on some of the characters in order to set up some of those themes that I think just again, just speaks to, you know, what an amazing amount of work Mr. Sakurai has put into this game in particular. Yeah, I think, you know, the game is constantly working on two levels. One, just as as a fun game, you know, unto itself, but then also just as this continuing celebration of video games. And if you've played video games for any length of time, you're gonna find something in there that just sparks joy pretty much, you know, every other minute you're playing it. Um, we've got two more comments left, and the first one comes from Dede uh, Didi. I think I'm saying that right. I think it's one <laughs> extra D than we normally have there. Uh, who says, waiting at GameStop for the game's midnight release when I saw Joker's reveal trailer. I let out a huge what, and from there the hype spread as people rushed to their phones to see the reveal for themselves. Joker was one of my top picks, so that made this more exciting. 
And we talked about the joke reveal trailer earlier, but it's 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 interesting to remember that that was happening as people were preparing to actually get their hands on Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for the first time. And then finally, we have from Ars Godia. I think the game's initial reveal in the March 8th Nintendo Direct is my favorite moment. It came at a time where I really needed something to cheer me up. I remember running around my house screaming and being really excited to play as the Inklings. And uh, yeah, I thought it was great to close with this one because I think you could you could make an argument that the best reveal trailer was actually the very first one, which um, not only showed you that Inklings were going to be in the game, but that announced to the world that a new Super Smash Brothers game was was even on the way. And I, yeah. you know, Bill, I'm sure that you were fully in the loop and weren't super surprised when that trailer hit. But Michael, do you have any memories of seeing that for the first time and and what your thoughts were? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think just that iconic image of the smash ball uh, kind of burned into the eye and the reflection just right as you figure out what's going on is it's so well done because just the trailer up into that, you're like, this looks really cool. What is this? It's okay. It's more Splatoon, but then you're like, oh, and just that twist where you finally get to see what it is at the end is it's really well done. <laughs> I just love the way that it, it came full circle in the final, the very final <laughs> character reveal as well. True. Absolutely. Well, that's it. And before we close our discussion on Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, though, um, do either of you guys have any other favorite moments or memories you'd like to share? I mean, for me, I, not to harp on it, but I'm just I'm not the biggest Minecraft fan personally. But seeing how that they managed to realize Steve and Alex in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is just so impressive to me. Like that character is one of the most like unconventional, I think, types of characters you could ever try to put into a fighting game, and. Uh, I don't know if you remember the game like uh, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom uh, 3. I think they had Phoenix Wright in there and they had another system where it was really unorthodox, but they managed to capture what made that character that character. And with Steve and Alex, I'm just I'm still amazed at like all the different resource mining and like building your weapons and just how everything from that game is represented in the context of a, like a fighting game or an action game like this. And it's just one of those things where every time I look at it, I'm like, I don't know how Sakurai did that. That's really incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. That's actually uh, my son's favorite game is Minecraft. So that was a great moment for me to be able to share that reveal with him and uh, both just get really excited about being able to play that character together. Nice. And Bill, any last thoughts on uh, on a game that you've probably been spending time with more than most? Well, you know, it is just, um, you know, it is obviously the ultimate Super Smash Brothers game imaginable in terms of all of the content that's in there, all of the characters, um, and and it's been a long journey. You know, I think it's one of the longest projects that uh, that we've had with um, you know two full years of of DLC fighter passes coming post launch after the release of the game, and and obviously a long run up of characters, you know, and and things of that nature ahead of the game and. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and it's a game that still gets played pretty regularly in my house, and I imagine it will continue to for uh, for many years to come. Absolutely, this really is. I mean, it's we've received the final DLC for the game now, but uh, you know, as Super Smash Brothers Melee fans know, uh, this is a game that uh, is always a staple. You know, it's infinitely replayable, and uh, we're only just getting started with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. All right, so now moving on to Nintendo Power Game Club. 
We're going to do things a little bit different with this segment this time. Instead of having all of us play the same game and discussing it like usual, each of us is going to recommend one of our favorite spooky or scary games on Nintendo Switch that people can try to uh, maybe help celebrate Halloween. So, Michael, uh, what game would you recommend that people uh, play uh, here in the Halloween season? Well, uh, for me, I was going to go recommend uh, Return of the Obra Dinn, which uh, came out a couple years ago. Uh, it's by Lucas Pope, who did Papers, Please, if you remember that game, which is also kind of scary in its own way. But uh, this game is more along the lines of it's a weird kind of investigation type of horror dread type of game. I wouldn't say there's like jump scares or anything like that. So if you're looking for a more kind of active, uh, scary experience, this one might be a little slow paced for you, but it's just a really unique sort of take on this ship that shows back into Harbor and the whole crew or most of the crew is all dead. And your job is the most exciting job of all. You are an insurance claims adjuster and it is your <laughs> job to identify, uh, you know, who died on the ship and how. So you have this book and more importantly, you have a magical pocket watch that allows you to sort of see the last moments before someone has died. And you get to sort of piece together, you know, who killed them, uh, what they were doing, what their names are, because you don't know who any of these people are. So it's all kind of about being able to identify every single person on the ledger. And it's actually quite difficult, I think, after the first maybe like two thirds of the crew you found, because... The first one's like it sets you up for success because it's pretty obvious. You're like, oh, okay, I know who this guy is and he's clearly shooting that guy. But then in the background of that scene, when you're kind of witnessing the moment where the person died, there'll be other stuff happening like below deck on the ship or in a different part. So you'll need to go explore there and see like, oh, what's the chef up to? Uh, you know, what's the cannon man or whatever i'm bad with ship terms uh but it's just a really spooky thing because again i won't try to get into spoilers but there's more to it than just regular murder that happens on the ship and there's some supernatural elements as to uh what the fate of the obra din was but yeah i think it's on sale right now on uh, switch too uh don't yell at me if that's not the case when this goes live but uh, i would <laughs> highly recommend it it's a very kind of spooky unique experience that really gets that detective itch scratched for you now, I remember um, seeing and hearing about this game uh, a while back, but I never, uh, for whatever reason, just haven't tried it yet. But one of the things that jumps out about it the most to me is it has a very unique visual look. Like, how would you mm. describe that? Uh, well, I think to me, it just reminds me of a very old Macintosh computer um, from the 90s. It has kind of this black and white, I think, dithering effect. It's almost like, what's that called? An art like pontalism where they do just a bunch of tiny dots and stuff. It kind of looks like that. Um, but yeah, it's all black and white and it has a very sort of unique look to it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't describe it, but in the trailer, it seemed to, that style seemed to kind of fit kind of an eerie mood that the game has. Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, the audio is pretty minimalist too. So there's just lots of, you know, you'll hear sounds when you go back in some of the times when there's like lightning strikes and you hear the ship's mast going and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's a definitely more of a subtle kind of scary game if you're into that. But yeah. Awesome. Maybe this is finally my time to check that game out here for Halloween. Bill, uh, what is your spooky or scary game? Uh, I actually foreshadowed this a little bit earlier in the podcast. Um, but with the uh, launch of uh, Nintendo Switch Online plus Expansion Path and with Nintendo 64 games uh, being available as a result of that, um, we, uh, we know that um, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask is going to be coming to Nintendo Switch Online. 
And that is a game that I highly recommend. Of course, the overall mood of that game is very different from a standard Zelda game because of just the impending threat of the moon collapsing in on the planet in three days um, and the existential sense of dread that uh, that seems to pervade the world and the town and the people there as they're watching this moon come down. But in particular, there's a, a section of that game called Icona Canyon um, that I remember the very first time when I, I played The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, just how creepy um, that area was. And I, again, don't want to get into too many spoilers, but um, you'll encounter uh, Redeads in Icona Canyon, which to me remain one of the scariest uh, moments in video games when the Redead <laughs> catches your gaze in a Zelda game and you freeze and you can't move. And then they jump on your head like they're eating your brains. <laughs> um, uh, every single time, it just it just freaks me out. And then, of course, there's um, also the... Uh, the Gibdos and um, and the music box house there, uh, but even as you get past those and get into the ghosts of um, you know the kind of ninja like characters of Icona Canyon and um, explore the castle there on your on your way to go to Stone Tower Temple, um, just that the overall mood of that entire section of the game in a game that already has a really heavy mood, um, I thought would be uh, a really great choice for for a spooky Halloween title. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that game is really going to be great, I think, for a lot of people who may have gotten uh, their their introduction to the Legend of Zelda series with the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on Nintendo Switch. Uh, and the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask is a very unique entry in the series for lots of reasons. So, yeah, that uh, I don't believe that uh, title will be available on uh, day one for a Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack, but will be it's uh, already been announced to be on the way at some point. So, That'll definitely be a great opportunity for people to check that game out if they haven't already or just replay it because it's a classic. That's right. And I actually foreshadowed my pick a little bit earlier on, too, uh, with all that Castlevania talk. Although this isn't a Castlevania game, it's very much inspired by the classic NES Castlevania titles and its Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, um, actually developed by uh, Inti Creates. Um, now, this isn't the main Bloodstained game. That one was, uh, you know, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night and had more of a Metroid style of exploration to it. Um, uh, and, you know, this game was actually more of a side game. But but for me personally, it ended up being my favorite of the series. Uh, like I said, it looks and feels like a classic NES Castlevania game um, from back when the series focused on straightforward action. We're thinking like Castlevania, uh, Simon's Quest, Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse, those kinds of games. And it isn't really a scary game, uh, but it has that moody monster movie feel that uh, the Castlevania games are so good at. Um, and you go from one stage to the next, adding more playable characters after each level. So in that way, it does kind of feel like Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Um, each character has different weapons and abilities, and you can even swap between them on the fly, and they each have their own life meters. So you have to think, okay, if, if, uh, if my the person that I'm the best with is already kind of halfway down on their energy meter here, uh, I may want to put them in my back pocket and save them for the boss. Uh, so there's some good strategy there. And great boss fights. Um, really big, uh, kind of impressive bosses with fun patterns that you have to memorize. They can be pretty challenging, um, especially on the harder difficulty settings. But uh, it's it's those kind of fights where when you finally get really good at the pattern and you just nail it and you you go from having no idea what you're doing to being able to beat these bosses without barely taking any hits. Um, it just feels great. 
Um, and it's one of the few games that I finished and I immediately played through it again on a harder difficulty because uh, I just didn't want to stop playing. Um, and the game also has a sequel, which is also great. Uh, but I would say that personally, my favorite is probably the first game and also kind of an obvious place to start if you want to check these out. Um, plus, just playing a game like this that has those retro retro um, pixel graphics kind of takes me back to when I was a kid at Halloween. So if you're a, a gamer like me who's been playing since the, the olden days, it uh, has that additional kind of nostalgic feel to it. So I think we all shared some, some great games, and I also wanted to share a few uh, fan recommendations as well. We have three. The first one is from GRNT, who recommends Hollow Knight. And he says, uh, it's not a traditional scary game, nor does it try to scare you most of the time, but the entire game screams Tim Burton, and the little details are a little creepy. Oh, yeah, and Deep Nest, dear God, that area alone is just an actual horror game. <laughs> And uh, this is one that I thought of too. It's a great game for anyone who likes, uh, you know, we've got a lot of people who are still probably buzzing after having experienced Metroid Dread. And if you like those types of action games where you're exploring underground areas, um, Hollow Knight does that incredibly well, has a lot of great stories uh, to the areas that you visit and can be, uh, as GRNT said, uh, very challenging in certain areas. Next up uh, is Naka who says, a recommendation I have is Zombies Ate My Neighbors. A fun, spooky game with an endless amount of fun and challenge. It's available for Super NES and Nintendo Switch. I played this game a ton on Super NES. And I saw that it just got yeah released for Nintendo Switch not too long ago. And uh, that was a, a surprise because I hadn't thought about that game in several years, but I do fondly remember it on the Super NES. And then finally, from Sophisticated Goat, who kind of names probably the most obvious game anyone could recommend, uh, but that doesn't make it any less great. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 is a perfect game for the more lighthearted Halloween atmosphere. And Metroid Dread is, is good if you want some actual, well, dread. I know they're both obvious picks, and I'm sure many other people recommend them, but they are both great games. And uh, I would especially, I think we talked about this uh, on the uh, last Halloween episode of Nintendo Power Podcast, but um, especially the multiplayer modes in um, Luigi's Mansion 3 are a great way, I think, to spend some, some uh, time having fun with friends on Halloween. So people can check all of those out. They're all great. And uh, we're going to move on to the Warp Zone quiz. Now, we're also uh, changing up the way this segment works this time in honor of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate receiving its final DLC. And, uh, you know, fans might remember that during the final Mr. Sakurai Presents video earlier this month where Sora was revealed to be the last DLC character, Mr. Sakurai shared a lot of interesting data about just how much stuff is packed into the game. So I'm going to see how close you both can get to guessing some of those numbers. And I don't <laughs> expect you to guess these numbers exactly. Um, frankly, if you did, that would be kind of scary. So just try to get <laughs> close and feel free to work as a team. All right, you guys ready? Yes, sir. I think so. I, honestly, I should know all of these numbers exactly, but I'll tell you right now, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of them shocked me, and, and some of them are easier to guess than others, but we'll see how it goes. All right, how many total fighters does the game have if you count Pokemon Trainer as three fighters and Pyra and Mithra as two? Looking for any kind of ballpark number here. Uh... And, or just wild stabs in the dark. Is it like 87? I don't know if we're counting other characters who have two characters as you, two characters. So. You, didn't, you didn't say math would be involved, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can count the, the roster a few different ways. So it's a little tricky in that way. 
Um, but uh, Michael, your guess, uh, I'm going to count as 87. Bill, does that sound low or high to you? Uh, well, I'm going based only on your rules of Pokemon Trainer as three and Pyramithra as two, uh, and everyone else is just one. I think that might, is that, is it 88? Oh man, you're both so close. It's actually 89. <laughs> oh. uh. <laughs> that was really good though. All right, so moving on to the second question. How many stages does the game have, not counting their battlefield forms and omega forms? Suggest the standard version of each stage. I'm not even going to try because I can't, like, even when I'm looking <laughs> at that stage selection screen, it's so hard for me to find the stage I'm looking for that trying to process the number is, like, is too much. <laughs> I know there's so many stages in the game. They're basically like stamps on your screen. I'm going to say 120. Well, that is darn close. It's 116. So well that. done. All right. Yeah, it's actually, if you were to count the battlefield forms and omega forms, it gets up to 340. And, you know, if those aren't enough, you can always build more. So I don't <laughs> think people are going to run out of uh, places to uh, battle anytime soon. All right. How many items are there in the game? And here we're including <laughs> assist trophies and Pokemon as well. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh 212 I'm gonna say 700 <laughs> <laughs> i don't know actually bill you came really close it's 201 oh. yeah. <laughs> all right just the last two here how many songs are in the game 1006 well, we're including victory fanfares as well just to get that out there so oh wait you can't victory fanfares <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if you're including victory fanfares and there's 89 characters, I will say 1,000. Well, there's 89, but there's only going to be one victory fanfare for Pokemon Trainer and for Pyramithra. You're going deep. So you would need to go down uh, 1,091. 1,091. Michael, how does that sound to you? Uh, 1,092. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael's the winner by those rules. All right. It's 1,100. Very close. Oh. Oh. I'm telling you guys, I don't know. I didn't, would not expect anyone to nail it. So you guys are, are, are winning every category by my estimation. And the last one, and this is maybe the trickiest, how many spirits are in the game as of the end of last month? So the end of September, 2021. I, the, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the game is full of spirit. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, want to take a wild shot at this one? Let's say 450. Oh, no, it's way beyond that. It is way, way beyond, beyond that. All right. <laughs> all right. If you added around 1,000 to that, you get the actual uh, number. It's 1,496. So all right. overall, I got to say, well done. And I'm just going to share a few more fun facts. I didn't want to quiz you guys endlessly here, but I thought these were neat enough to, to repeat. As of the end of last month, over 450 games are featured in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and that includes Spirits. Over 2,200 characters are featured. Um, there are 140 Mii Fighter costume sets. The game has been played for over 2.2 billion hours 
and launched over 2 billion times. Over 11.7 billion offline battles have been uh, had and over 7.8 billion online battles. And there have been over 90 billion KOs. I mean, anytime you get into billions, uh, sounds like a lot of people are playing this game. <laughs> All right, so finally here, I do have uh, still one bonus audio question. So I'm gonna play a sound and see if you guys can guess what it is. And I'll play it twice, so please hold your answer the first time. Here we go. And here it is again. Any guesses as to what that sound is? Home run bat. Yep. Nice. Right <laughs> off the bat, so to say, you got it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think if anybody who's spent a good amount of time in a home run contest uh, should uh, probably hear that in their sleep by now. <laughs> All right, now before we go, um, we're going to take a quick look at some of the Nintendo Switch games that recently released or are coming soon. First off, on October 12th, we had Disco Elysium, the final cut from uh, ZA and UM. On October 14th, we have the Jackbox Party Pack 8 from Jackbox Games. On October 15th, we had The Good Life from White Owls and Playism. And then on October 19th, we had two games, The Caligula Effect 2 from Furu and NIS America and Dying Light Platinum Edition from Techland. On October 21st, we had Evertried from Dangan Entertainment and Skull the Hero Slayer from NeoWiz. On October 22nd, we had My Friend Peppa Pig from Outright Games. And then on October 26th, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Cloud version from Square Enix Europe and Shadow Corridor from Regista and NIS America. On October 28th, there was Dusk from New Blood and Fatal Frame Maiden of Blackwater from Koei Tech My America. Also, Happy Game from Amanita Design and Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars from Square Enix. On October 29th, we've got Mario Party Superstars from Nintendo. And then on November 2nd, we'll have Unpacking from Witch Beam and Humble Games. On November 4th, A Boy and His Blob from Way Forward and Ziggurat Games and Just Dance 2022 from Ubisoft. On November 12th, Shin Megami Tensei 5 from Atlas and Sega, and the Game & Watch The Legend of Zelda System from Nintendo. And then on November 19th, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl from Nintendo. Bill and Michael, is there anything here that you're especially looking forward to? I am especially looking forward to Pokemon, uh, both Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl. Um, I have... Uh, long history with the Pokemon franchise, and I am a big fan of the original Di Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl games. So I'm really excited to see the remakes, um, see them come back, you know, come to Nintendo Switch. Um, I really like what they've done in terms of some of the enhancements, the way that they've tried to unify the battle system. So it's a little bit closer to what we've seen in more recent uh, modern Pokemon games, um, but as well as additions of things that they're doing with the Underground and Amity Square um, and uh, lots, of, lots of neat little things coming. So very, very excited for both of those games launching in November. Absolutely. Me too. And Michael, uh, what about you? Anything else? Uh, yeah, um, I just actually restarted playing uh, Disco Elysium again on Nintendo Switch, <laughs> which has been very fun. Um, nice to revisit that. And uh, I think the Isle of Dragon game, I believe is that's the name, right? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I played the demo for that earlier uh, in the month, and I quite enjoyed that as well. I'm a card game guy, and it's a very fun kind of blend of traditional card game stuff, but sort of traditional JRPG kind of Dragon Quest-y type of feel stuff. There's like overworld and random encounters and stuff, and it's it's a pretty fun hybrid game. I'm interested to see the whole thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I also want to add A Boy in His Blob. Um, you know, this is the game that uh, originally released on Wii, uh, which was a remake of uh, the classic NES game. Um, you know, I love uh, how you kind of uh, puzzle your way through different areas, partnering up with your 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 best buddy who's a blob who loves jelly beans. And then Mario Party Superstars. Um, I missed a lot of those old uh, Nintendo 64 games, so I didn't get to experience all of those boards that are being brought back in this new version. And um, so a lot of it's going to be new to me. And uh, my kids and I really played the last Mario Party game a lot and, and loved it. So this is definitely going to go into the rotation. And then, uh, of course, I, I just can't wait to get my hands on uh, the new Game & Watch, uh, the Game & Watch The Legend of Zelda, because anything that sparks my childhood nostalgia, I just I just love seeing it, much less playing it. So can't wait to get my hands on that. So, Bill and Michael, that's it. Thanks so much for coming on the show, and look forward to seeing you guys uh, maybe playing some Super Smash Bros. Ultimate a lot more down the road. Well, yeah, I think, the, I think we need to get a match going. Test, <laughs> out, test out our Zeldas against one another. <laughs> <laughs> I called Duck Hunt. Okay. Totally, yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best with Link. All right. See you guys next time. Great. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Power Podcast. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to consider answering on the show, you can email us at nintendopowerpodcast at noa.nintendo.com. Also, we always appreciate it if you can leave us a review. And be sure to subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they're ready. Thanks for listening and keep playing with power.